What would you call it for short? Uh, uh, you 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 would refer to him her, her as as major or major mittens thunder pussy McGillicuddy. Oh <laughs> yes, <laughs> I, I would I would stick I would love to just have a cat and just name it Thunder Pussy. That would be funny. <laughs> Well, if we did that, every time Brian called it, I'd be like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my. Of Simply Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Gary Hill, and with me, as usual, is Jamie. Say hello, Jamie. Hello, Jamie. <laughs> How is everyone? Oh, fine, fine, fine. How are you? I'm I'm doing okay. It's, it's sunny outside. I'm in here. I'm in it is. It is almost fifty degrees out here. It is clear and beautiful. And I've heard we're supposed to get more snow next week, so yeah. yay! <laughs> we we didn't get none of that. We we got some freezing rain and mixed with other crap and nastiness one day, and that's about it, really. It was bad for about five hours, and then it melted. Yeah, but um, with us also as well as Suzanne. How you doing? Hi, Gary. How are you? Fine, fine, fine. Yes, happy for this sunny day. I'll be happier when I'm over the stupid flu. But things could be much worse. Yeah, I don't want to bring it up. I'm sure it'll be in your, uh, maybe in your beefage. We'll see what happens. But about what happened yesterday, I, I didn't want to call you after what happened yesterday with uh, one of your favorite things in the world. Okay, what is it, basketball related? Is it, bas- it is basketball related, yes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> But with us, uh, oh man, that special lady, the my cougar lady, the BB and B, the BB and B, the BB, too many B's, BB and BC podcast. Iris, how are you? I'm doing well, and hello, ladies. So happy to record with you all. If you're excited, yes, you're here last time. Iris is the new permanent co host of this, uh, this year podcast, and uh, we're all happy that she's here, for sure. Oh, I'm extremely happy to be here. I get to talk with lovely ladies and to the beardy man. Why not? Yay! Good times, good times, good times. Um, We'll start this show the same way we start every show. And I'll ask Iris what she's been watching. Um, You know, I have been... <laughs> I'm kind of embarrassed to say what I've been watching. I've been watching a lot of TV, and I am, I am addicted to Married at First Sight. What is this program? <laughs> because I love the drama. <laughs> oh my God. It's basically the premise is that, you know, to preserve the sanctity of marriage, you um, 
meet a stranger at the altar, you get married, and within six weeks, you have to decide, are you going to stay married or are you going to get divorced? Because it is a legal marriage. And the drama just is just out of the water. It's great. It's fun. And it makes me feel good about myself and my relationship. (laughs) (laughs) A little try try before you buy? Is that what's going on there, you know? (laughs) No, it's just like buy and then, you know, 90-day warranty. (laughs) (laughs) Was it Chris Rock who said, you know, you get that pussy on a lease with an option to buy, you know? (laughs) You know, that's what you're supposed to do, but this one is you bought it, and within 90 days, you can return it if you don't like it. (laughs) Yeah, besides that, just movies that I I have for, like, you know, podcasting and things, but yeah, I'm addicted to that show. It's awful, but like I said, it makes me feel really good about myself and where I'm at. Well, I've professed my love for for the show Riverdale and, and Pretty Little Liars on this program not, not to mention, uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, the little any any show that involves the Little Women, Little Women L.A., Little Women Atlanta. <laughs> is it, if if I if I miss a little little person women fight, I'd I'd be upset with myself. And <laughs> that's just what you want. I'm just old fashioned that way, I guess. You know? That's what you want. You want to see the little women just flat out go at each other. <laughs> It's funny. They got little bodies and, 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 and lots of light, you know. And if you haven't listened to this show and figure out that we're, we're, we're probably one of the most un-PC shows on this network, then, you know, I'm sorry. But, you know. Hey, you know, Terrible Life Choices has great shows. Awesome. <laughs> That's what I call TLC. Terrible oh, life. yeah. Terrible Life Choices. They, they get funny yeah, boo-boo career. It used to be called the Learning Channel. Now it's something else entirely different. You know. Oh, oh my God, no! It's, it's uh, it, they should say how to learn not to be a human. You know, be all over <laughs> that show. It's awful. Isn't that the same note? Did they do marriage boot camp? Yes, they do. Oh my God! I watched. I I just got sucked into one episode of it. I'm like, oh my God! I, I never knew how perfect my life was. Exactly. You know, I'm serious. I cannot see, believe these fucking people. You understand that concept of I'm watching this show and I feel damn good about myself right now. <laughs> yeah. I should call it BLC, Bad Life Choices. <laughs> and, you know, you just sit there with a bowl of popcorn, just wait to see what happens next. You know? No, no, no. It's like the Make Me Feel Good channel. <laughs> yes, it is. You need Hallmark when you have TLC. <laughs> right, right. Hallmark's oh. all like fairy tale shit. Where, where'd you get all those good Mario Lopez uh, cake at home for Christmas movies? Then come on now, people. I don't ew, watch them, ew, but ew, they, ew, they ew. exist. You know. <laughs> no, and you know what? The Lifetime Channel that's got some good shit on there too. Oh, I, I hear from Doug Tilly for sure. You know. <laughs> oh, they they did the entire Flowers in the Attic series. I was riveted. I could not stop watching it because I read those books when I was a a kid. I mean, I read all of them. Every single one that came out as soon as V.C. Andrews was on the shelf, snatch it up. (laughs) Suzanne's just eyes just wide open. Mmm, so much incest. So little time, (laughs) you know. (laughs) Well, I watched Burial Ground the other night, so 
never mind. Let's not go there. <laughs> how, many, how many toes do you have, Suzanne? I'm just curious. I know you're from the South and everything, but uh, it's... No, I'm from New York. Oh, whatever. Never mind. You're like, <laughs> I lived in the South for like 15 years. Oh, uh, but yeah, Suzanne, Lord for Jamie. Uh, what 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 you been watching, girl? Uh, we've got an incredible mixed bag of garbage that I've been watching lately since I've nice. been sick. Um, well, I watched this absolutely, and I'm also going to preface this by saying I had a fever, but I watched this this bubblegum chick flick called Mother's Day. Oh, uh, uh-uh. uh. I I seriously, I had a fever. I couldn't find anything else. And I'm like, yes, I want something light that I can fall asleep to. Unfortunately, I just kept watching it and wouldn't fall asleep. And I'm happy to report that Forged in Fire is back. And still, I would love to go build a forge in the backyard. (laughs) Put that Mother's Day Blu-ray on there. (laughs) (laughs) That blade will slice. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I, I would be doing some throw it up in the air ninja shit. And of course, I watched Burial Ground this week, which I, this movie is so over the top in every way, shape, manner, fashion, and form. But I love each and every minute in its, its badness. I can't even count how many times I've actually watched this movie. And it gets funnier every time that kid bites his mom. Oh, is this a. I've only heard of this. He bites her on the nipple, right? Yep. Is that movie? Yeah. Yep. That's the movie. <laughs> and while I was watching, I posted that I was watching it. And I swear to God, three separate people sent me pictures of him biting her nipple. Oh, good like, Oh, yeah. Thanks, gotta, thanks, guys. They only do it because they love you. And not to mention basketball. I, tur- I turned into such a dude during March Madness. And... Fucking Tennessee, man. Damn. Fucking, fucking Loyola's got, got Jesus on their side or something. Oh, yeah, they got uh, that nun on their that, side. That little old lady, man, she's cheering them on. 98 years old. Yeah. And when she, they showed her on the screen while Tennessee was losing in the last few minutes, and I, I just looked at her, I was like, damn it, bitch. And then I just realized, <laughs> and I said, you just called it not a bitch. <laughs> I think I'm out. I'm on the express track. The express track to hell now. I looked at Pat. I'm like, I should probably take that back, shouldn't I? Pat's like, yeah, that that was kind of bad. And I mean, I'm usually I I things like that spew all the time. But I will say this for Tennessee and Loyola, I had neither one of them advancing much further anyway. So there is that to be said for it. My bracket is still alive and well. There's there's a lot of mistakes in that Catholic church. I'm sure you calling a nun a bitch is a real small one. So Yeah. <laughs> and I think I woke the neighborhood when Michigan got the buzzer beater last night. Oh no. Crazy. Yeah, so it's a, lot, a, lot, fun. a lot of that going on. So it was it's I I've so enjoyed the basketball. I love March Madness. It seems like college I love basketball, but I hate the NBA, so I quit watching that. And it seems like March Madness and college was like the last clean bastion of basketball. Now, that's completely changed because, I mean, with all the violations, it's just, I get no sport is clean anymore. So, oh, well, I'm just going to enjoy my March Madness and leave it at that. 
Yeah. I really, I'm really, really hoping that Loyola takes out Kentucky because I'm tired of seeing Kentucky on there every oh, single I hate, time. I'm a Tennessee fan, so I hate Kentucky, but they, I really need Kentucky to win. Really do. I'm sorry. And no! <laughs> She's thinking about so her brackets. Oh, are you thinking of brackets? Yeah. yeah. You know, I was I was kind of bummed at, um, I mean, I'm all for Gonzaga right now. I love Gonzaga. I'm, you know, we're, I'm Washington State, so. And yeah, then I, I, I need a Gonzaga t-shirt. <laughs> oh, hey, well, let me see what I can find. Cool. Um, let's see. And then, of course, the Utes didn't even make it, which I was kind of bummed. My little Utah man. Because I went to the uh, University of Utah, but. Hey, Gonzag's going well, so you we'll see what Pe- happens. You, you get that Joe Pesci joke all the time, you know? The two the youths. youths. The youths. <laughs> two youths. <laughs> two what? <laughs> the youths. The youths. <laughs> I'm gonna kill, I'm gonna, Jamie, what you been watching? <clears throat> oh, well, you know me. I've been continuing our trek through our movie collection, and... Uh, we have finally climbed out of the first 50-pack, decided not to go into the next 50-pack yet because that's exhausting. Yes, and, it is. Um, I, I listened today, by the way. Some of them sounded like something I'd like to watch, though. So. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> no, some well, of them were pretty good. Some well, of them when, were you, good. when you were pushing that, that damn Robert Reed movie that I want to watch, too. Oh, so. man, Bloodlust. I loved that one. That was good. I think so, I got yeah, that on two or three. There were some there were some good ones, but it's just it got really tiring. Because majority of them, it seemed, were like 1930s detective films that really have no business being in a horror collection. And while they were amusing at times, it's just the same thing over and over again. You know, the the saucy reporter chick, the, you know, the wise cop, and usually like Bela Lugosi in there for no reason at all. So it just, it was, you know, after that, we're like, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to drop those for now. We're going to go into something else and then we're going to kind of come back to them sporadically rather because we have six of those. So rather than running through 300 of those movies, we're going to um, just kind of bounce around a little bit just so we don't go insane. So um, then we went into a pack of 20 horror films that actually had some interesting stuff. It's a lot of creature feature stuff, some sci-fi movies, but you know, at least they're newer, so it kind of mixed things up a little bit. So that's what we've been doing. We also watched, uh, oh, I watched I, Tanya the other night, finally. I liked which it. I've been, that? I've been dying that? to see. I thought it was good. I I had heard that they um, sort of play her sympathetic in this, like, you know, because it's all about her life, you know, her growing up and and uh, her life with Galuli and how she was abused and everything and, her like, her mother and um, – it was very interesting, and it was funny because in her interview portions, well, which was Margot Robbie doing it, but they actually created interviews with the actual people. They recreated the interviews with oh. Allison Janney playing her mother, who was amazing. She told her. her. Yeah. Um, and Margot Robbie doing Tanya Harding. The, it was funny how many times, like I, like midway through the movie, I was like, shit, I should have kept count of how many times she said it wasn't her fault. Like, nothing was ever her fault. You know, nothing's ever, you know, like this, 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 but it wasn't my fault. This, this, but it wasn't my fault. And, and just nothing was ever her fault. So 
I had so I thought it was interesting because I'd heard that they kind of played her sympathetic, but at the same time, I didn't see it that way. I kind of feel like she attempts to, but the movie, the way it presents everything so raw, kind of um, show uh, kind of shows that she's attempting to to show herself as sympathetic, but I don't think it really necessarily comes off that way. I, you know, like. I've always been kind of torn as to whether or not I believe she has something she directly knew about the Nancy Kerrigan incident. Mm -hmm. She said she didn't. And she's been saying that for 25 years, you know, so I don't, I mean, I've never, I've never been a hundred percent sure on that, you know, but I, even without that, I like, even if I thought she didn't have anything to do with that, um, you know, she has an, an interesting life. That's for that's that's for sure. It was it was really, um, I mean, I want to say entertaining because it was. I, I was entertained. A lot of it is very sad. I mean, if it is true, you know, it's she did have a rough upbringing, but oh my god, was it presented so well? I mean, this it is just a really damn good movie. I enjoyed the hell out of it. And we had recently watched the Disaster Artist right before that. Which was also really well done. So what I mean, the thing about that too is they at the end of that movie they show clips of like side by side comparison scenes that Jeff, I mean that James Franco created versus the original film, and they are dead on. It was, I mean, holy shit! He like really just knocked that out of the park. It was, it was uh, that was really good too. So both of those movies back to back was. Um, that was that was really fun, and I don't remember if I talked about Thor Ragnarok on here the last time, but I don't, we watched I don't think that, so. And I loved it, and it was the, the reason I wanted to watch it was because of you, Gary, because you were like, you know, I don't care if you like if you like superhero movies, and I actually do, or I did. I just got burnt out on them, mm-hmm. but this one was so fun. It was so funny. It was so colorful. It was. I think this is what superhero movies should be. And uh, I was just, I was just cracking up because Hemsworth is really funny. He He is really good. So good at comedy. And in the very beginning, like when he's hanging from like swinging around, (laughs) talking to the guy and he's like, he's talking, he's kind of swinging a little and he's like, wait, 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 wait. I'll be right back around in a minute. And he's see, he swings back to face him. (laughs) I was dying. Like it was just very simple (laughs) stuff, but he's so funny. And, uh, you yeah, guys so, I mean, fast too. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. The main villain, Kate Blanchett. Oh, and she, which, by the way, it was gorgeous funny. in this. Um, yeah, she does. But it's funny. I didn't even recognize her at first. I, was I didn't like, recognize her until about halfway through. Yeah, I was like, and then I turned to Brian. I was like, "That's Kate Blanchett," and he's like, "I know." But <laughs> I was like, I didn't realize it. Like, holy shit. <laughs> Um, yeah, I didn't, I did not realize it, but wow, she is something else. So yeah, um, so those are all three high recommends for me. So right on. that was good stuff. Oh, Gary, I forgot. There are two other things I meant to add, but I got onto basketball and go for it. Okay. If oh, she's you like it. Yes, she did. <laughs> so on Netflix, if you watch food network at all, there's a show called nailed it. And I am the first person, the second I see something that's like, ooh, look at these Pinterest food fails. I'm all over it. 
the live action Pinterest cake fails. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, nice. my God. You know, I, I used to be addicted to cakefrex.com. Like, I fucking love that website. <laughs> I actually know. It's, it's actually, I think I have it bookmarked, but it is some of the most epically terrible things you have ever seen in your life. I highly recommend it. And Netflix literally needs to put this show out like every other month. They need to do a, sh- a slew of these every other month. And I will never consider getting rid of Netflix with all the garbage they've been doing lately. And also, I watched The Ritual last night, which apparently I'm finding a lot of people didn't care for. I don't get that. I love that movie. I, I love thought it was movie. brilliant. And it was one of those I know I'm in for something good because usually if I've got a movie on in the background, I'm kind of having a hard time getting into it or it's just, I don't know, just mood or whatever. I'll just I'll have my phone out and I'll be playing a game on my phone. I put my phone down and did not budge while I was watching it. Yeah. That's good shit, man. I it was so good. I retroactively added it to my last year's top ten list because it officially because it was released in the UK last November, I think. Uh, yeah, it's still in my top November. ten list this year because it wasn't available to us until so, this year. Because it came out in the UK, like theatrically, I retroactively went back and changed my list right before we did our show, our top ten show on ABCs, and slid it in there. And I think it was like number three. I, I was blown away. I, it was it just, good. It just, damn. And the creature effects, holy shit. That has I, been the best creature that I have seen in any horror flick in ages. I could not agree with you more. And it Did didn't you? have that fake. No. no. And the, I mean, when I jumped, it wasn't a, a, a set-up jump scare. It no. was just, you were so... It, it was so tense watching them in the woods. And the first time you hear that those trees move and all of a sudden it's right in front of them. I, I, I left. Did you notice that scene where they're kind of, we get like a, a, from behind them shot as they're walking up a hill through the woods and you know, they just kind of, they, they just kind of walk over the horizon just barely. And then right off to the right, something moves that has been yes. standing there the whole time. Yeah. And it just oh, moves. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck was that? And I made him like run it back so I could, there, there we go, Gary. I made him run it back. And that's when we, that's when we see like, it's kind of like, you don't really see you, it that, very well, you, but it just kind of moves. It's that shape. Yes. And I was like, Oh my God, that was so well done because it was so subtle. And if you missed it, it's not going to change the story or anything like that. It's not going to fuck you up. If you see it, then it's just a little extra oomph. That yeah. to me is so subtle and amazing. I was it just, was, I it died. Was beautiful. It, was it was beautiful. It was so it was, beautiful. It was, it was that classic um, Corman setup of things are happening. Atrocities are happening. You don't see the monster. You get little glimpses. Was that the monster itself? And then when you finally get that reveal, you have worked yourself up so much about this monster that sometimes with the Corman reveals, it was kind of like a little letdown, but this was not a letdown itself. As soon as I saw it, it was like, the black goat, it's the black goat. And of course, that sent me into a Lovecraft orgasm and I was happy. It was so good. Did um, oh shit, sorry. Oh, what I I compared it to what I said was it was kind of like if the Blair Witch had a baby with Jug Face, 
<laughs> because Jeff if anyone out there has been not, on my list forever and I haven't seen it yet, please see it. It is so good. I, I, no one, I mean, I understand why, why people didn't see it when it came out because, you know, it's called Jug Face. Like, I get that. <laughs> I thought it was kind of ridiculous. Um, but it's really very good. And it's all about this, um, uh, this really secluded, like, Appalachian town that, I mean, they are old ways in modern day, but like it, they are completely secluded from everything. So they just kind of do their thing. The performances in this film are so good. And it's just, it's on the whole, it's very Lovecraftian. And I, I mean, I've seen it several times. I just, I wish it got more attention because no, what's it called? It, uh, Jug face. Jug face. All right, we'll it has, um, Sean, oh, what's her name? Crazy. Um, Sean uh, Young. Yeah, Sean Young. It has Sean Young and uh, the girl from, oh, she's been in so much stuff. Um, like so much indie stuff. I can't even, she was in Darling. She was the lead in Darling. Um, I can't think, but she's really, really good. Anyway, it's, it's just, it's Iris. You being the big Lovecraft fan you are, I think you'll really get a kick out of it. So, oh, um, plus it's um, it has this whole like Southern Gothic feel to it. Oh, I love those movies. Um, just on top of the Lovecraft, so it's basically like Lovecraftian Southern Gothic. And to me, <laughs> That's to me perfection. that is exactly. So, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so sorry. <laughs> so yeah, Suzanne, you should see it. And it used to be on Netflix. I don't know if it still is, but it, it used to be. Has anyone watched Veronica? Yes. I got halfway through, and I, I think I just need to start over. I was in a mood, so I need to rewatch. Well, try to rewatch it. I watched it without subtitles and stuff, and listening to it in fancy Spanish. Pants. <laughs> I was going to say, aren't you fancy? Yeah. <laughs> Well, okay. It's only because I know how to speak the language. Oh, okay. But listening to it like that, when I watched it the first time, I watched it, you know, dubbed. I didn't, you know, I'm completely uninterested in the movie. Once I watched it in Spanish and was actually listening to the conversations and how things were playing out, I kind of loved it. I know I'm probably not. No, I, it's not I thought popular it was opinion. very good. I, I. First of all, I could definitely tell. I mean, I can see that this is the same person that gave us wreck. I even said that before I even realized who made the film. We were probably just a few minutes <laughs> into it. And I was like, God, this feels like wreck. Right, just the, the darkness. You know, and, the... Um, and then I looked it up and I was like, fuck, it is. Okay. I mean, it's not, but, you know. And so it was really well done. I, I thought it was really well crafted. The acting was fantastic. I... I did enjoy it. I just, the only issue I had with it, and it's not even an issue with the film itself. I just felt like there wasn't anything we haven't really seen before that. It's just not all. It wasn't anything like, wow, that was really original, but see, that's pretty much the way I feel about James Wan. And like, like say you look at any of his haunted house films. Yeah. You've seen pretty much all those gags before. It's just that he does them remarkably well. So, that's why I love the James Wan films. And that's exactly why I like this one so much too, because even though it's a, like it's possession and we've seen that or it's, you know, whatever it's done so well that 
it kind of transcends the fact that, you know, we've seen this stuff before. So I thought it was really, really good. I particularly liked the the smoking nun. <laughs> oh yes, she was great. Oh, she my was God. oh the creepy and fantastic. The conversation she has with her because and then of course you know you have that 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 um that blind nun. You have the blind nun in the ritual. You have the blind nun in this movie, and you have that creepy nuns are creepy. I'm sorry, I work with them, and I God, I love every single one. But they're creepy. They're not bulldogs like in that Killer Nun movie. I like no. that they all are. You know. yeah, no. Some are very pretty, I'd have to say, but no. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I love my nuns. By the way, Suzanne, if you don't know, I I work for a Catholic hospital organization. (laughs) That's why I work with nuns. (laughs) They don't don't sing Motown songs, do they, like in the movies? Uh, No, but Sister Suzanne does know how to rap, so I'm going to have to. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Well, don't feel bad about loving your nuns. I have a thing for priests, so, you know, there's. There you go. (laughs) I guess that works. I don't. I think it's the. I don't know what it is. The taboo of it, maybe. I don't oh, know. I've always had a thing of taboos. If and you like, can't have it. You want it, Jamie? Right. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like the whole. It's like Gabriel Byrne uh, as a priest. That oh man, what I love about Gabriel Byrne is he's played the priest and the devil. That's hot. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite devil was Viggo Mortensen in Oh, he's Day. so good. He's so Oh good. my god. I have never <laughs> wanted to worship Satan more in my life. No, but that scene oh, that scene in End of Days where Gabriel Byrne comes out of the bathroom and he just reaches down and kisses that woman and she like melts in her seat and her husband or her boyfriend or whatever just is like, What the fuck? Because he knows they're in a restaurant. And he's like, What the fuck? And he just looks at him with those eyes and the guy's like, Whoa, never mind. And I'm like <laughs> oh, Jamie melted too. Didn't I? <laughs> I did. Oh my and gosh! A, a good on-screen Satan is that is I don't know what it is, but there's something so incredibly seductive about the, the a Lucifer character when they're done really well. I mean, I know exactly what it is. It's the it's the fact that they're loaded with charm and evil, and they just they do whatever they want. But they're so charismatic while they do it. That's just sexy, you it's know. Just like, thank you. May I have some more? Yeah, <laughs> basically yeah. what it is. Well, it's kind of like a good Dracula when somebody gets yes. on screen and plays that seductive Dracula. I'm it's sorry. just like I'm in love. Frank Langella. I was about to say that. Always be me. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. I blamed that one on my mom because whenever that movie was on, we watched it. And my mom, I I literally probably had her, I'm going to need a towel moment. (laughs) 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 So, Gary, this is what it's going to be like with three ladies. That's that's okay. And I'm fine with that, you know. Oh. Oh, shit. Yeah, unless you make your Dracula we gay, tripped, like we just tripped and fell into every stereotype there is, <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> unless you make your Dracula gay, like you do in Blade Trinity, then you got a real problem there, you know. Oh, you know what, George Hamilton, and I can't oh help it. Love, George Hamilton and Love at First Bite, even though it's a comedy, I, he can bite me anytime. <laughs> Only time gay Dracula worked. I'm not even sure if Paul Lind ever played Dracula before, but that would work just fine for me. But uh, it's just uh, 
That yeah. would have been hilarious. Yes. I feel like he must have at some point. <laughs> <laughs> oh. He and Charles me. Nelson Riley. Yes, indeed. <laughs> now, my sexy vampire, probably from the time I saw it until the time I die, is always going to be Chris Sarandon in Fright Night. <gasps> oh, oh, my Fright Night. Lord. Oh, my, my God. God. Just and come to me that song uh-huh. let me just tell you there's a reason i play come to me under in abc's in the beginning part of the show before we actually get to talking about the specific movies come to me is what's playing underneath there's a reason for that <laughs> <laughs> um yeah he is um wow yeah he yeah. just exudes sexuality in that movie though and that's what a good vampire should do because that's what they were but Anyway, we do have movies, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, I've been watching. Yeah, I watched. I watched. I watched I Tanya as well, and uh, yeah, like everything you said, and uh, of course, Allison Janney for the win because she's just awesome in that movie. Uh, I watched Jumanji: Welcome to the Jungle, and that was a lot of fun. If you're ever, if you're on the fence about seeing it, it's not. It's Did they not. Play Guns the, and Roses? Yes, they do at the end of the movie. They play the, the song. Yes, it was like no, it's 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 a popcorn movie. Yeah, it's it's basically Jumanji is now turned into a video game because kids are sick of board games, I guess, and these four teens get sucked inside the video game and they're play different characters than themselves. The the nerd is the Rock. The the jock is Kevin Hart, and the the one the hot girl is Jack Black, and. It's really funny, and it's got a lot of good action scenes in it. And yeah, Patty um, for me, we're watching that today. It's good. You'll enjoy it. It's me. It's, Do you actually it? think I'm going to enjoy it? You might enjoy it. I'm sorry. <laughs> God. Uh, another film uh, that Suzanne probably won't enjoy. I, I, I watched Justice League, and that was better than I thought it was. It had still had that Zack Snyder, Joss Whedon stink all over it, but um. Which means a whole lot of CG. They couldn't even get a farm to film on. They had to CG a farm, the Kent farm, but um, they made the interactions between the characters a lot of fun, a lot, a lot of cool combos, kind of like a video game. But the, um, the villain was kind of weak sauce to me. They kept pushing that dark side thing in that last Batman v Superman movie. But now I know that what's going on now because we're getting the new Gods movie. And if you guys don't know what that is, that's a Jack Kirby creation filled with a whole bunch of space age baddies that fuck shit up, and I can't wait to watch that movie when it comes out. And uh, yeah, that's coming. Uh, what else did I watch? I watched Lady Bird, and that was okay. I, I I could see why Laurie Metcalf was in the running with with uh, Alice and Janney for that Academy Award because she played some a good nagging mother in that movie. I'm so and proud of Laurie Metcalf. She has come so far since Roseanne. You have to watch it because she, her performance is, is it sells the movie for me. But as far as like what's, what the hell, you, Shishori, Shishari, Ronan, whoever plays the main girl of Lady Bird in the movie, it's not the best coming of age story you're ever going to watch. But I think that Laurie Metcalf's performance is pretty great in the movie, and that that'll keep you in it. I think. Have you seen Call Me by Your Name? Nope, I didn't, I haven't I didn't watch it yet though. Okay. Because I've been, um, I've been curious about that one, but I haven't watched it yet. Our friends Andrew and Maddie at the Fry Gay the Thirteenth podcast uh, recommended highly, so I spent the six bucks on it, and I'm gonna give it a watch because I'm a 
I'm an Army Hammer fan. Uh, I'll full disclosure. Me too. I, Me too. I, I haven't seen anything bad that he was in. I watched that Man from Uncle film, and it was a lot of fun. And that Lone Ranger film was a lot of fun. Oh my God, that's the one thing I couldn't make it all the way through. I could not finish Lone Ranger, I and it wasn't his cry. fault because I. It was not his fault. I love Army Hammer. It was not his fault. It was Johnny Depp's fault. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Kimasavi. Yeah, it was a little weird, but you know. <laughs> well, what was it? It was like um. Uh, what was it? It was his little pirate guy, but with feathers. Yeah, yeah it was just, and it? it was, it was so, it was so annoying, and and I just, I don't know, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I got bored with it. But what's that? What was the movie, the spy movie that Army Hammer did with Man, um, Man from Uncle? Was the spy yeah, movie? A lot I of fun. I really liked that. I like underrated. That I, I didn't think a lot of folks saw that one, but I, I, I enjoyed the hell out of it. Uh, what else? Not much else, because I'm, I'm saving the shape of water for when we do the show about it in a few weeks, and I'm looking forward to doing that show, so I'm, I'm going to hold the off Are we doing that. that with Humanoids from the Deep? Yes, ma'am. Oh, yes! Oh, that's <laughs> going to be epic. Gosh! That's, that's coming soon, Are guys. we really? Because I just was, I was, that was a joke. <laughs> you didn't see the show? It's on the, I, I, I make the schedule. I make the schedule for you guys perfect, to look at, you know. No, fish rape, fish that's rape. That's perfect pairing. I just thought, it, I was just kidding, but I think that's fantastic. You said <laughs> pairing like it's some kind of wine pairing with the fish, you know. Yes, I am a good. film sommelier. <laughs> <laughs> I'd kind of believe that. <laughs> It makes sense to me. Besides that, catching up on TV, you know, the, the usual stuff, Supernatural, of course, Riverdale. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Suzanne, you gotta, like, pull, pull, pull the reins back on me at that Heroes and Villains Fan Fest, because Betty's gonna be there, and I might be uh, <laughs> foaming at the mouth or something, man. Oh, don't worry. Uh, I'll I'll be your wing, girl. Uh, I'll, I'll hold your reins for, for Remar, because he's still, he's still ruggedly handsome, James Remar. You hold my reins for that one, okay? It's, uh... Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to shove a towel in my purse. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> Wait, for what? What I miss? <laughs> you know, me, me and Suzanne are going to a convention together in a few weeks, and that, uh, James Remar is going to be there. Oh. And, um... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, yeah, enough enough of the, the towel and the wet talk, but we're going to do some, some beef talk with our beef bitches and mashed potatoes. Okay, who gets the burly uh, beef? I ordered barbecue beef. I think that's mine, but I didn't order fries. Beef. Mine's the Duke Deluxe. Okay, who gets the burly beef? Uh, Iris, uh, what, what's pissing you off, babe? I'm sorry, what was? What's pissing you off, babe? This is the <laughs> what's beef pissing segment. me off? This is the it, this is the beef segment uh, this, here. Oh, is this the beef segment? Yes. Um, hey, what's pissing me off? Um, oh shoot, just the world. Okay, I just came from a from a country where you know people are so fucking grateful for anything that you can do for them. I mean, you know, walking down the street and, you know, obviously I, I, I look Hispanic, but I don't look like one of them. And, you know, just like, you know, them stopping and asking, hey, so, you know, what are you doing here? And I explained what I was doing there. And just random people thanking me 
Uh, so, you know, there's just this complete gratefulness. Oh. And then to come into back to United States and see what's going on, it's just, I don't know. That's That has to be my biggest beef right now. You know, and I'm not saying politically or anything, just, just in general. Oh. Fair enough. Oh, we're such a bunch of shits. I mean, <laughs> I'm just yeah. like, I know I, I am. Did you see? I mean, you saw my post the other yes, day. Yes, I did. Where, I did. And, off of a fucking cooking show. Come on. Yeah, I mean, people are actually telling this woman to commit suicide because they disagree. Because what, she, did she, like, do it three times instead of two? I mean, come on. <laughs> it just... it. I don't understand. I don't understand the vitriol that it pumps from people's veins these days, and with wild abandon. It's you know, you know what just, it is. It's the anonymity. That's it why, is. Because it is. If and you had to face somebody and say the stupid shit that you can write down and send it anonymously, you wouldn't have the fucking guts to do it. Well, and there's a reason for that. You shouldn't, because there are some <laughs> yeah. things that you should not say i mean you just what's wrong with you you know exactly. like exactly what <laughs> is wrong with sense you? does not even exist anymore yeah we were yeah. having that conversation the wife and i were having a conversation where it's like where is our common sense you know it's not something that you can teach it should be innate but you learn it from other people i think it's what it is and it's just completely gone I just give up on humanity. I really do. Oh, I well, Each and every day I see new and exciting things that make me so upset. But I'm going to, I do what I was taught to do when I was growing up. Just turn around and walk the other way. Yeah, walk the other way. You know, don't throw punch this person because you're going to get in trouble. You're an adult. Well, <laughs> well, 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 if everybody hung themselves at the crook of something wrong, then half the cast of Hell's Kitchen would die in that season because, um, they're always messing up that risotto of Wellington and, and scallops on the <laughs> <Yeah>. show. <laughs> and and Jesus, they've been cooking those same dishes for like nine years. How can they not get it right by now? <laughs> slams on the counter. Raw! Raw! Yeah, we were watching MasterChef Junior the other day, and this girl presented a piece of chicken. He cut open in the chicken, and this, I have never seen chicken this red in my life. It looked like a piece of steak. Like, this shit was raw. <laughs> and... <laughs> And Gordon said, what's wrong with this chicken? And I said, it's raw! <laughs> and Why did the chicken cross the road? Because you didn't fucking cook it! <laughs> <laughs> he would never do that to a child. Like, he's never that mean to a child. But I was just, I just thought that would be hilarious if he did. But <laughs> Yet another oh. reason why I don't have children. <laughs> they can't all be Abby Lee Miller, who I think called the, call the child, I forget what she called the child, a, a trash pile or... or she oh called her some some form of, of waste. And, yeah, uh, I used to actually watch that show. Oh, Dance Moms was my jam for a while. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> See, another show that makes you feel good about yourself. I keep <laughs> waiting. No, I, just, I just kept waiting for one of those young girls to say, can you stand on your toes, you fat bitch? I kept waiting for one of those girls <laughs> to say that. You know. <laughs> I'm sure they have, but they edit that out. In, the, in their minds, they're saying that, you know. Oh, my God. But uh, I'll, I'll move on to Suzanne. Suzanne, what's your beef, girl? Uh, other than the flu, potholes, and I just had a moment yesterday. I had to run into the pet store. It was, it was packed, so Pat dropped me off, so let, you know, let me out so I could go in, grab cat food, dog food, get the fuck out. So they were having like this puppy training thing there, of course, throughout the, the entire store. I go grab the dog food. I get over where the puppies are, which is where my cat food is, and it's also blocked. 
And right now I'm dealing with end of life stage with my dog. And there's like two puppies that look like him. So I am all, you can tell I'm getting upset. My face is turning red. I'm starting to tear up. And I could not get this woman to move her cart. I'm like, could you at least hand me that bag right there? And she just looked at me. So I had to walk all the way around the island because one of the aisles was blocked. I had to walk two over and I had to walk past these puppies again as I'm getting more and more upset. Grabbed my bag, glared at her, and she's like, was I in your way? (laughs) It's like, no, bitch. (laughs) I, I literally just looked at her. And at this point, I'm extremely upset and I am actually crying. So I grab my stuff. I stomp away. I'm trying to get as far away from the puppies as I possibly can. I get up to the register, and all of a sudden, two people need tags made for their dog, which means the cashier has to step away from the register and go over to the machine. So now I'm still upset, starting to calm down a little bit, but I still have tears on my face, and I have to stand there and wait another five fucking minutes. If my dog was not out of food... I would have dropped it, said, fuck it, and left. But it's the only food that I really want my dog to have, so options were limited. I I was such a mess when I got out of that store. And then that bitch tried to, the, they've got, a, you know, how they have the lines that you have to go around. Well, as I'm standing waiting for, you know, the next in line spot, the one of the cashiers walked back, and this fucking bitch actually tried to jump the line. <laughs> She and the cashier was like, no, this is you. You have to get in the line. And she then she looked at me standing there waiting. And then she's like, oh, like I I I wanted to fucking hit her so fucking bad. See, this is what I mean. I, I, I wanted I literally I was shaking and crying still. I wanted to punch her so bad. And I, I don't think if I actually had the opportunity to hit her. I don't think I would have stopped. It see, was... now this is this is what I'm talking about. I do not understand. Here you see a person, obviously, for you, you're crying, you are upset, and everybody's instead of offering you either a nice word or saying, you know, how can I help you? Everybody's staring at you like, what the fuck is wrong? Yeah. That's the attitude I do not understand. I know that. A lot of us were raised better than that. And I don't know if it's either we just don't want to get involved or we just don't care. And I'm hoping that it's not because we want to get involved. Because if we don't care anymore, we are literally fucked. No, I, honestly, we are fucked. Because it's true. No one cares. No one has one iota of a common courtesy for anyone but themselves. It's yeah, just, right. ridiculous. But that's my beef. Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> Suzanne's like she's hanging around too many white folks all at once, so that drives me crazy too. You know. I haven't left the house except to do errands yesterday, and well, basically to run errands. I have not done anything. In I, get, I get I get mad hanging out myself. The absolute truth, you know, fucking white people. You know, it's just <laughs> man. Oh yeah, and I thought my best sticks. way to deal with it. I was I was really stressing out. I can't remember. If it was like Wednesday night or Thursday night. And so I'm, you know, watching movies, watching basketball and drinking. And I'm like, oh, you know, it would be really good after I've had a six pack. Ooh, I got a bottle of wine. Oh, yeah. I got I got so 
you know, squalling, sad box of Kleenex drunk. And, uh, yeah, the hangover the next day was pretty damn epic. <laughs> yeah, I see you told me you were, you were, uh, <laughs> you were drunk shopping on Amazon. I see yeah. the post. Yeah, I, I saw the me. post, yeah. Yeah, drunk me, bought sober me, the pre-order for a deep red, so. I, I got a lot cheaper, too, when it was, when it was like $22. Well, don't rub it in. I'm just throwing, <laughs> just throwing it out there. She's in pain. <laughs> Thoughtless bastard. <laughs> Be nice. I'm, I'm only a man. Come on now. You know. Yeah, it's just it's just been a stressful couple of weeks, and I am just dealing with everything so badly. Oh well, let me be the first to say I am so sorry about your puppy. I know the feeling, and it's awful. And hopefully, you know things will work out as they should. I know, and it didn't help. Last week, uh, we lost one of our cats, too. Oh, gosh. You know, sometimes I just wonder, you know, I love the companionship and everything, but it's just such a heartbreak to see them go. Sometimes I'm, you know, I'm kind of like, do oh, I, I want mean, another one, or do I just not want to have to deal with that? Oh. I mean, Sometimes it's... I start thinking about the future if I'll get caught in a loop, and, and I start thinking, I mean, Fester's 12, and I think, you know, what if... Like, yeah, see, exactly. you know, what's going to happen when he goes or and then Wednesday and Pugsley are both 11, you know, what's, you know, and and I have to stop myself. I have to drag myself out of it because I'm like, stop, you know, they're fine right now. Right now they're OK, you know, but I know it's going to it's going to kill me. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because those little fuckers uh, get in your heart. Well, oh, let, me, let, let me be the insensitive one. Say, pick your bootstraps up. And go watch the last 20 minutes of the yearling and shut the fuck up. No, I'm playing. I love that. Oh, so <laughs> and then follow not, that with Old Yeller. Yes, not, yeah. the whole, not the whole movie, just the last 20 minutes. You'll be okay, you know. Like, I've never gone looking for a pet. It's just they seem to get be where they... Sh- I, I just bump into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So well, I, will I be open? Probably. It's me. I love animals. Hate people. If you look at it from, from, our, from our Cujo review, the dog was right because yeah. Dee Wallace was a whore, okay? <laughs> I always feel so bad for Cujo. I mean, clearly he's in pain. And, and just do what he Danny Pintoro is a whiny little bitch in that movie, and I want to smack him in the face. I agree. <laughs> Let the dog eat the kid. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. You know? <laughs> I mean, I know he's a kid. Your mother wasn't such a whore. I know he's a kid, but when I was a kid, I knew when to shut the fuck up. I didn't really have an option. Full disclosure, I showed Dee Wallace the cover art for that episode. And she's like, rabbit heroes. Like, well, you were cheating with your tennis coach, weren't you? You know, kind of of retribution, you know? (laughs) (laughs) That is hilarious. Oh, my gosh. But Dee Wallace, the spiritual healer, I can't hate on her too much because she does lots of good stuff for good people. And I... I'll give her a big old hug next time I see her, okay? Yeah. That that just kind of blows me away how she went. But you know what? Brett Butler did the same thing. Now she's like um all the drugs that she did and stuff, yes. I think enlightened her and now she's a psychic. She did she did oh, your wow. drugs, she did my drugs, I'm she did everybody's serious. drugs. Serious. <laughs> totally serious. She is like some sort of psychic and will do readings for you at eighty dollars an hour. 
Wow, something opened up her pineal gland, I guess. It sure did. <laughs> oh, JV, what, what's yes. your beef girl? Oh, my God. You know, the other day, we were at the grocery store. <laughs> and grocery store. There was this woman in front of us uh, who, she had all this space. Like, she had put her stuff on the conveyor belt, but she had all this space behind her stuff. But her cart was pushed back so far that we couldn't get up to it. But we had just a few things, but they're in her arms. And I was just kind of like, you know, can you move? Can you, you see that we're holding stuff? You know, can you just move just a little bit just so we can put our stuff down? There's room. And she just stood there looking at us. She looked at my stuff. She looked at the belt. She looked at my stuff. She turned back around. See what I mean? Oh, my God. I'm like, cunt. (laughs) That's right. Throat punch. Meanwhile, I, you know, if I see someone come up and I have a cart of stuff and they have one item, they're going in front of me. That's all there is to it. Okay. You know, the same thing. Exactly. If I am in the parking lot and I see an elderly person has just unloaded their stuff into their car, I'm taking their cart back. That's just, that's just, I don't even think about it. I just do it, you know, because. That's how we were raised though. And I'm just wondering if that is the biggest thing that, you know, um, okay. I'm I'm, I'm getting on my soapbox now. (laughs) I know (laughs) in school, we were taught courtesy. And then all of a sudden, in the 80s, 90s, people started deciding, you know, I don't want the school to teach my children that that's my job. But nobody did it. So now we have a bunch of shits out here who have no idea what common courtesy is. No etiquette at all. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I don't know. But uh, okay, getting off my soapbox. Go ahead, James. No, it's just um, well, it's just a bunch of that. Or the other night at the restaurant, I had uh, I was I was closing, and there was one couple left in there. They'd been in there for a couple of hours. All they did was drink a couple glasses of wine, but they'd been in there for hours, taking up my table, taking up my time. They're the last ones in the restaurant, and I'm trying to close around them. The woman actually turns to me and says, "Are we the only ones here? Or are you waiting for us to close?" It was a quarter to 10, and I said, well, we close at 10. <laughs> and she said, okay. So they proceeded to sit there. They're done with their drinks. They've been done for a while. And they're just sitting there, sitting there, sitting there. Finally, and I'm done, and I'm sitting down because I, there's nothing left for me to do except for clean up after them when they leave. And so then, like, right at 10 o'clock, they get up to go. I go, and I pick up the, the check. Asshole Please. had left me four dollars oh my god and i'm like are you and it wasn't even see here's the thing on every on every level this is wrong one you took up my time you took up my table for hours you made me wait you knew you were making me wait and then you leave me something and it wasn't even the it wasn't even a good percentage like it's not even like he left me the you know the bare minimum percentage no he would he undershot the percentage and i'm like what you're just a cheap asshole and then it it seemed like just from the way that they were talking and stuff it it seemed like they might have been on a first date because they met each other there and um you know the way that they were talking whenever i was at the table um and I'm thinking, honey, if this is a first date, get the fuck out now. You need to. Because <laughs> he's cheap. Um, <laughs> and they were nice enough. But here's the thing is, like, they, they were very nice to me as far as, like, you know, when they're like, thank you so much. Thank you. Have a wonderful night. You know, blah, blah, blah. You were fantastic. Blah, blah. Here's $4. 
I want to set you on fire. Were these white people as well, James? Yes, yeah? of course. Yeah. And here's the thing. It's, look. Uh-oh. You know, Here it goes. If, I love it. <laughs> if you know that you are, one, taking up a spot for a waitress who could be making money in that spot, and you're taking up for a long time. Take that take that into consideration, please. If you know that you are the reason that they are staying there and they can't leave that restaurant when they're supposed to be able to leave that restaurant. Because, of course, since they left right at the time, I then was there longer because I had to clean up after them. You know, if you And I had to close out my everything. So, whatever. If you know that this is the case... Take that in, into consideration. You know, this is a server's livelihood. And if you're one of those people who think that you don't need to tip because you consider it charity, first of all, kiss my ass. Second of all, stay the fuck home and eat. Because when you're tipping, that's what you're paying for. You're paying for the service of those people who bust their ass to wait on you hand and foot. Very true. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm, I'm really mad right now. If you don't want to pay that extra money... Pick up your food and take it home because the food price does not change just because you pick it up. So that should tell you right there that when you're tipping, you're paying for the service. So I don't even I don't even get that. I don't understand the people who are like, I don't want to tip. I don't think I have to tip. That's charity. The restaurant should pay them. And I think I've, I think I've ranted about this before on here, but I'm just I'm sick of it because if you I got news for you, if the restaurant paid waitresses a living wage, you would not be able to afford your food and you would bitch and complain because the food was so expensive. So at least now it's in your hands, how much you want to give, but please take that into consideration. When you expect someone to wait on you hand and foot, would you expect someone to clean your house and not pay them? No. So that's what children are for. I'm sorry. I mean, there are some really amazing people out there who get it. I just feel like, Everyone should have to work in the service industry at least once. <laughs> everyone should have to deal with who you people are. And and I'm, I'm, I don't mean you people, everyone. But if you think I'm talking to you, I probably am. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love and, that's why, and that is why we call it the beef bitches of mashed potatoes people. Right there. Because <laughs> that is what happens. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh! Yeah, my my, I had, I had to find my sweet spot at the grocery store because me, me and Suzanne both hate the grocery store, and I think about two o'clock in the afternoon on Tuesday is perfect. And my, my grocery store plays music while you're in the store, so I just sometimes I sing while I'm while I'm shopping because there's not a bunch of dickheads around, you know. It's uh, it happens. I get, I get some bars at my grocery store. Oh, you got that Mar- that Mariano's uh, wine yes, bar. Yes, I huh? do. I got the wine bar and I have the uh, the 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 oyster bar. Oh Jesus! There's going to be an orgy at Mariano's, and they're personally responsible from from the oysters and the with the wine. And then, uh, yeah, tape that shit with your cell phone, will you? It's just just to see a weird weird like shivers Cronenberg type orgy in that fucking place. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, my, my beef isn't quite so severe. <laughs> it's, not, it's not so severe, but um, a story came out this week that Ash vs. Evil Dead is what may will probably not be renewed in, oh, <clears throat> I, I, I or, or something. Bruce Campbell's such a fucking asshole sometimes. 
because he, he he's one of those people that say, "Oh, the show's being killed by pirates." Yada 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 yada. I was like, "Oh, I I'm a fan of the show, but it's not really because you're a big part of it. It's because your supporting cast is kind of great, but you're still doing the same schmeal on the show. A lot of stuff you complained about in Evil Dead Two. He's just kind of like Bruce Campbell it up, and I I I enjoy that, but at the same time." He, he's done this before, and, like, my name is Bruce, and I didn't like it so much. And he's just doing this thing, like, oh, it's, it's going to be over, but who cares? You know, yada, yada, yada. We might get another movie out of it. Well, maybe you won't, because you waited that long for, for the show to happen, because Army of Darkness was a commercial failure. I mean, pe- people like it, but it was a commercial failure. And I, I think you should be grateful that they, they, they gave you w- what you did, it may, maybe do a little more fighting for your co-stars instead of just saying, "Well, uh, yeah, it's 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 over with." But uh, whatever, I, I'll go on and make about ten more B movies. But where, besides Lucy Lawless, where where his other co-stars mm. going to be when this is all over with? It's just it really bothers me. He's so nonchalant about everything, especially in this situation. And I've met him before. I I, I wasn't overly impressed because you either like that douchebag or you don't. And I wasn't. I wasn't huge on it, so I could say I met him, and that's a thing, and that's that's where I'll I'll, just, I'll leave just ask the, John Cross. Just ask, John, yeah, John Cross fought for that interview, man, tooth and nail, to where he was stalking him on Twitter, and he said, "Okay, let's stop it now." Like, well, just he talked to all your co-stars. Why don't you just give give him a shot, man? Don't be a dickhead about it, you know. I mean, Dana, um, Dana, forget her last name. She plays. She plays um, the main girl, the main main lady sidekick on Ash vs. Evil Dead. She loves John Cross to death, man. She she says it all the time, and you think that would warrant John uh, more, more than nine minutes or whatever he had with Bruce, which is still still ample, I guess, you know. But still, just no. I, Who I just, doesn't love John Cross? That's, that's my boy. But um, yeah, it just really really ticks me off when when people like that just. Or not worry about other folks' jobs. Like maybe you should do a little little, little fighting, a little little, little ash it up for them. Because you you may have a job in that sequel that'll probably never happen, but these other folks might not have a job, and they might just remake it again. Like 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 uh, Jamie disliked the Evil Dead too, but uh, <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Yep. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, that's a real real small thing, you know. But uh, t- t- today. We um, are discussing three films with one common theme. They're both different takes on the Robin Hood story. And uh, I think I really liked all three of these films. I'm curious what the other ones think about them. But we're going to do Robin and the Seven Hoods. That's a a Rat Pack movie from 1964. Uh, The classic Disney Robin Hood from 1970. And I want to say 1991-92... Uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, with uh, Kevin Costner, who's not English, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> whatever, <laughs> man. <laughs> it is. Well, not really with me. We'll, we'll talk about that, because, you know, bad things happen when they try to talk in those accents. But uh, That's okay. Morgan Freeman isn't Moorish. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, but we'll start chronologically, I think, and go with Robin and the Seven Hoods first, right after this. Hello, this is the Doom Show. Keep on keeping on and keep on trucking, America. We don't listen to our feedback because we don't get any. (laughs) The truth hurts. I just alienated the two people that give us constant feedback. Sorry, guys. (laughs) 
That's gotta go. <laughs> That's gotta go in there. So on the show, uh, we talk about giallo movies and slasher movies and cult movies. Sometimes we even talk about Cameron Mitchell and his movies. I am Richard. Who are you? I am Brad, the guy that's not Richard, or Jeffrey, or Simon. That's right. We have four people, and we always talk at once, except to each other. Jeffrey lives up north. Simon lives across the world. Richard lives in Penis, Alabama. Hello, This is the Doom Show is a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network. Check out the other shows on legionpodcast.com. You can check out more Hello, This is the Doom Show at hellodoomshow.podomatic.com or at doommoviethon.com. Check for our Amazon exclusive Hello, This is the Doom Show cookbook. Do you like hot dogs? (laughs) We got them. Do you like mac and cheese? We got it. Do you like cheddar? We have it. Actually, we don't. No, no cheddar. Just Colby. Colby Jack. Hello, this is the Doom Show. We never gave up on you because you never gave up on us. Wow. Want to hear a wild idea? Robin Hood. Yeah. Robin Hood in Chicago. No, no, no. No bows and arrows. None of that. Easy. Let's take it easy. You think that's wild? Well, they went and did it. Called it, now get this, Robin and the Seven Hoods. Frank Sinatra is Robin. It's like when they started the United States, you know, they put all the states together and they made one union. And I'm like the uh, first president. Give my regards to Martha. Dean Martin is Little John. Sammy Davis Jr. is Will Scarlet. Alan Adale, you know who they got? Bing Crosby, for heaven's sakes. You're a very popular man, Mr. Robbo. An honest-to-goodness Robin Hood. Who's made Marion, you ask? Barbara Rush. I know I get the feeling I'm being had. Now take it easy, fellas. This is just a trailer. Let the management hasten to assure you that this Robin maintains the same high ideals as his literary progenitors. Take, for example, the emphasis on civic spirit. My kind of town, Chicago. My kind of town, Chicago. And for a great big hunk of old-fashioned, red-blooded sentiment, you'll have to go a long way to match this one. But I'd say a man who loves his mother is mad What's your record? I'm a brain surgeon. What boy wouldn't thrill at this stirring call to the manly art of self-defense? Cause no one I know gets so such a glow out of bang, bang, like me. Could anyone doubt a production that includes an ethical exhortation of this caliber? Take it from me, don't be a... Do better do better do better Tireless in their search for uplifting themes, our stars even find time for the sartorial virtues.
polish it all off. A screen full of pretty faces. Though she came from Charleston, Charleston, Charlotte couldn't Charleston, couldn't Charleston to save her soul. Robin and the Seven Hoods from 1964. Your cheapo IMDb synopsis is In Chicago, during the Prohibition, during the Prohibition, two rival gangs compete for control of the city's rackets. Uh, this stars uh, your normal Rat Pack fan, pretty much minus Joey Bishop. Uh, Frank Sinatra plays Robbo. Uh, Dean Martin plays John. Sammy Davis Jr. plays Will. Bing Crosby plays Alan A. Dale. Peter Falk plays Guy Gisborne. Barbara Rush plays Marion. There's more people in here, I'm pretty sure, that I, I recognize, but uh, I'll leave it at that. Um, yeah, f- more fun than I expected, but I'm, I'm, I'm curious what Jamie thought of it first. You're on mute, babe. Yeah, I know, sorry, uh, Brian was talking. Um, okay, this one I have never seen before, and so I was intrigued. I was not expecting all the musical numbers that we got. I guess I should have been expecting some because Rat Pack, but I was not expecting Peter Falk (laughs) to stand up and sing. And when he did, I was like, oh, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) This movie was two hours long. And I was like, God damn it. Wow, it's like we were doing the same exact thing. (laughs) It, um... And now, while they did they, they did do some clever things, and I thought it looked good, um, there was one really great line that I loved, and it was when they were at the um, uh, they were at the assembly, like with the and they were talking about the sheriff and um, to, oh, and the, and the guy said, um, you know, something about him falling victim to foul play, and the one guy's like, it wasn't a foul, that was a solid hit. I thought that was. <laughs> That was a great fucking line. That was a really good line, you know, because it's, yeah, oh, that's funny. You know, foul ball, foul play, hit, hit. I like it. You know, I mean, that, that's very cool. So they had some clever stuff like that. It was, it wasn't, that it was pretty well written, I guess. But to be perfectly honest, I guess I was just not in the mood for it or something. I just was bored. And I've always been a Dean Martin fan in particular, so usually he can kind of drag me out of that funk, but it just didn't work for me. And I don't, I don't know. I don't know if it was my frame of mind. I don't know if I'm just not feeling it uh, just that particular time or just anymore. I don't, I mean, I really don't know. But I honestly was pretty bored and I wished it was not that long. Many times I wished it was not that long. <laughs> so I'm sorry, Gary. No, no, fair enough. This is the first time I saw it, too. So it's this one. Diving in. Uh, Iris. Well, <clears throat> being that I'm the old lady of the bunch, I really enjoyed it <laughs> because I love these films. Um, I love the musical part of it. Um, I enjoyed all the cute little um, tongue and cheek things that they did like a lot of the, the characters like Alan A. Dale come on uh, and like I was saying William Will for William Scarlet and Guy 
Guys Born for Guy of Guys Born. Uh, it was, to me, it was extremely enjoyable. And I love watching Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin. They are, to me, when I see these movies, it's kind of like going back into a time where everything was just so classy. You know, men went in suits and ladies dressed up to go to the movies. I mean, you know, and it was just such a beautiful time, probably a time that I wouldn't survive very well because I'm a girl and I'd have to wear dresses all the time. But I just enjoy watching this era of movies and I was very entertained with it and just the way the whole movie, how the plot continues and, um, and at the very end where all of these hoods are now doing what they were supposed to be doing in the first place, uh, gathering money for charity, and Ellen A. Dale, who was the down-and-out guy, <laughs> is the one who's giving them money now. I thought that was kind of cute. So I really enjoyed this flick. I, I love the characters were fun, but I think it was more the cast that really sucked me into the movie because I really enjoy watching Rat Pack movies, and... It was something that my um, my mother and I really enjoyed and watched together. So maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's a bit of that nostalgia that I get. But to me, this was a real fun watch. Fair enough. Suzanne. Two hours, Gary. <laughs> Two hours. <laughs> and I, I, I like that era of movie making. I do. I, it's they, such care and attention to detail to the sets. I'll never be able to look at a cornerstone the same again because now I'm going to think, oh, wow, I wonder who's in there. <laughs> There's a lot of people in cornerstones. Yeah. So now whenever I pass anything with a cornerstone, I'm, I'm going to have that like little, little, little bit in me going, I really wonder if there's somebody in there. But for me, I kind of, I'm definitely with Jamie. Every time they started singing, I was like, oh, Jesus Christ, no. No, 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 no. Well, you just know that's going to make it longer. I know. (laughs) I was thinking this is going to be one of their super short hour, 20 minutes, in and out, done. No. There is a few things I will take away from this movie. There are a few things I found incredibly funny. The song Mr. Booze. Whenever I decide I'm going to go out with my friends and make bad decisions, yeah, that's I'm going to be playing that for everybody. <laughs> and I remember, I mean, with the because of course with Bing Crosby and of course the Rat Pack, you're gonna I know you're gonna have some song and dance numbers. But did anybody see the movie Rat Pack with Ray Li- Liotta? That's good stuff. Yeah, it was but an HBO there, movie. Yeah, there was a scene in that movie where. Frank, they're they're shooting the movie, and I remember seeing the clap the clapboard, and it said Robin in the Seven Hoods, and the director's like, yeah, that was kind of a little off. Uh, let's do another take. And Frank's like, no, fuck it, it's fine. Moving on. But I noticed some of the song and dance stuff was not as tight as I would have expected it to be, and I keep wondering if that was Frank saying, it fuck it, it's fine. Moving on. Just a thought. Well, if you look in the in the IMDb notes, um, there was a lot of stuff going on during the production of this film, including uh, the Kennedy assassination happened while they were making the movie. Oh, I and, did not uh, even look at those notes. Frank Sinatra's son was uh, was uh, 
was kidnapped during the, the, the filming oh, of this movie. Oh, shit. So there's a lot of stuff weighing on the mind of, of Frank Sinatra during this movie. And I think that, that he was good friends with, with uh, President Kennedy, you know, not not for a long time, obviously. But, you know, I'm pretty sure they knew each other. They, that hit him pretty hard. A personal friend of Frank Sinatra was John, President John F. Kennedy. So I'm sure that that wasn't a very good time for him. It wasn't a very good time for anybody at that point. But, um, um, yeah, so that, I, I'm sure all that weighed on his mind. And I heard that, that actually makes a little more sense than... From, from what I hear, Frank, uh, especially... You see the scenes where he's like slapping around Dean Martin. I, I don't think that's that far off from what Frank was actually doing to his friends, because he was a very <laughs> he wasn't a he, he was a real humble guy though. Because I, I would hear stories like from like people I work with that are older gentlemen, and said so he used to come back and like play clubs in like Blue Island and shit. Suzanne knows where that is. You guys would have no idea where that is, but it's a real shit suburb where we're near where, near where I live. But he would play like little dive bars, just could keep coming back to the same places, and so uh, he was humble. But he was uh, he was the chairman of the board after all. He he, he ran the show. And, uh, <laughs> and another thing that I really enjoy because I love Sammy. Sammy is just a delight oh, best in anything, and he for me just completely stole the show. And my pa- my husband and I were kind of discussing the song where he's talking about how much he loves his guns. Yes. And we're both looking at each other. It's like, this will never, ever happen we'll never again. play today. Just loves the sound <laughs> of that 45, you know. Yeah. So, you, I mean, I... You can, swallow I it, you can swallow it a lot more when you see the Candyman sliding across the barroom floor and just shooting up stuff, though. And barroom table or whatever it is. And, uh, it looks... That was, that was probably my favorite scene in the entire movie. But I, I didn't dislike it. I didn't love it. It was just so very long. <laughs> but I mean, it was it was a, a nice showcase for the Rat Pack. So I'm just going to leave it at that. Well, let me tell you, you cut a half an hour out of this movie. You just cut Ma- Marion out of the whole movie. Because she was a worthless character throughout this whole thing. She was there, there not even in a good way, that, that female character to shake things up. Because I think she was the biggest, weakest link of this whole movie. And, uh, yeah, that's a half an hour cut right there. Just cut her out of the movie. But the stuff you got, I, like you mentioned, Sammy Davis Jr., the, the Bang Bang song, but that wouldn't play at all today. If they, they they would cut that song out if they put this on Broadway or something, just for the sensitivity of people. But it's all done very playfully. You know, him just destroying somebody else's club with his... Uh, and you know what? I was I was looking for him to reload his guns, but then the fact that he picked up uh, the Tommy gun and started shooting up stuff, it's like, yeah, there has, has a sense of realism, but at the same time, he's just, he's singing and dancing, so you don't care if he reloads. Very <laughs> true. I, I think that the, the, it's, it's not a great song, but when you see Dean Martin and... and uh, Frank, you see uh, Bing Crosby together on screen, dancing in the in the in the suits and in singing. There, there's there's something special about that because it does it didn't happen too often. So when you see that on screen, uh, full disclosure, um, it was supposed to be Gene Kelly to play the 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 role of of Bing Crosby, and I I think I would have liked to see that movie more if it was Gene Kelly. Really, I would have loved Gene Kelly a little bit more than being. I mean, yeah. at this time, Bing really didn't feel. I think um, 
Gene had more of a feel for the Rat Pack than Bing did, because he was he was you know part of that other group of uh, him and Bob Hope. That's how I always see him. Um, being stuck with these guys, it, I mean, he did a good role and it, it worked, but I think Gene would have been much better. I agree. Bing is a little stiff. Exactly, that's the word I wanted. Stiff. Jamie would know about stuff. Oh, my. <laughs> oh, sorry, Suzanne. This is how Jamie and I talk. <laughs> yeah, the songs, the, the songs for the most part are okay, but there's ones you could have kept out, like we're, we're being a singing to the orphans about being a do-gooder. And, don't be know, a bad dooter. Don't be a, ba- a bad doer. I, I forget the lyrics. Just they're so inconsequential, and I think they could have cut that out because you had enough of the, the. I guess to turn that one non-believer Mary men onto <laughs> onto what Rocco was doing, which essentially Rocco goes to jail, and they just turn his whole shit into a money laundering or, or a money counterfeiting scheme, and yeah, and. You get the end, which is it, it ends. It ends kind of great because you get the whole, the whole feel of Chicago because he, he sings like my kind of town song, and he, that, that's the finale of the movie. And uh, it's it's not great. It, it's it's like Jamie said, it's two hours. And, and Suzanne said this too. She they're really hitting it home that this movie is two hours long, <laughs> and that it really needs to be about ninety-seven minutes. But you, you, you can cut the Maid Marian stuff out and, and this it's not very good. But I like I like everything else. And I, I I'll, I'll say that all day long because I'm, I'm I'm a sucker for this kind of stuff. And um yeah, I believe it at that. I, I like the next movie a whole lot better though. Again, it's it's good stuff. But uh, um I'll kick it back to Jamie and uh and the will say about it and to give us her rating one to ten. Um. I guess I don't really have anything much more to say. I um, maybe I'll give it another shot at later down the line when and and see if I can do it more. Maybe it was because I had a headache. Maybe it's because I was tired. I don't know. But you spare my feelings, girl. Just let me. Okay? I know that. I'm not trying <laughs> to. I don't know. <laughs> uh, no, but for me this time it just didn't really turn my crank so um i'm going to have to say um six fair enough iris <laughs> okay um love the music love the cast um again that tiny cheek about robin hood i'm gonna give this an eight and a half wow Suzanne, you gotta be like right behind her with your rating. What do you give it, girl? Um, um, basically, there are better showcases for the Rat Pack. Yes. This one, it's just uh, there's just a couple of elements that really just took me out of this. It's two hours long, and I'm pretty much I'm at a five. I may, uh, I probably won't go revisit this one again because I I have seen it before. I just I'm. They're just better movies, so I'm sticking with my five. Yeah, I mentioned in a, in a Facebook post that Seth MacFarlane must have seen these kind of movies more than once because, especially the Mr. Booze song, it sounds like about ten Family Guy musical numbers. And because he, 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 the whole testify, testify, who, 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 uh, who, um, 
who could believe a white choir like that? They, they, need, some, they need some brothers in there to, to add to that uh, revival meeting in there they were having about fixing the booze. But again, I love... <laughs> I love that. It, it, it's almost comical after they had the revival meeting. I forgot to mention this, that they haven't set up to, to somebody to hit a switch for them to go back to the gambling thing again. Of course, they're all boozing it up, you know. But, um, enjoyable enough. Too long. I, I mentioned this, too, it, on, on, on the Book of Face, as Suzanne calls it. Uh, cut a half an hour of this film. It would be an eight to me, but right now it stands at about a at about a, a seven, and uh, I'll, I'll stick with that seven. Uh, Pat asked me to give his his uh, number rating as well. Hmm. Pat gives it a two. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but that was Robin of the Seven Hoods. Up next. Well, Brian gives it a nothing because he refused to watch it with me. So. <laughs> Brian, Brian is non-committal when it comes to watching <laughs> films. I want him to watch. You know. It's just, Non-committal. I love him to death, though. He knows this. But next up, it's a favorite of mine from, from childhood even to adulthood. It's the Disney's classic Robin Hood from 1970. And we're going to do it right after this. Badasses, Boobs, and Body Counts is a weak grindhouse and exploitation cinema. Your three hosts, Mike. It's a quick... <laughs> Thank you. Come again. Not racist at all. Mark, if you bend over and you have what is essentially a pubic cottontail coming out of the crack of your ass, you need to do some goddamn grooming. And listener favorite, Iris. I do not have sex with that horse. <laughs> will make you question your own political correctness while laughing at theirs. Episodes drop every Sunday and can be found by searching BB and BC Podcast via Lipson, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, and iHeartRadio. You can also listen to episodes directly from the show's website at badassesboobsandbodycounts.com.
Robin Hood and Little John walking through the forest Laughing back and forth at what the other has to say Reminiscing this and that and having such a good time Oodle lolly, oodle lolly, golly, what a day Never ever thinking there was danger in the water They were drinking, they just guzzled it down Never dreaming that a scheming sheriff and his posse Was watching them and gathering around Robin Hood and Little John running through the forest Jumping fences, dodging trees and trying to get away Contemplating nothing but escaping, finally making it Oodle lolly, oodle lolly, golly, what a day Oodle lolly, oodle lolly, golly, what a day Every town Has its ups and downs Some towns ups Outnumber the downs But not in Nottingham I'm inclined to believe If we were so down We'd up and leave We'd up and fly If we had wings for flying Can't you see the tears were crying Can't there be some happiness for me Not in Nottingham
He's a lover of life, but a player of pawns. Yes, 
Cause he passed some laws or had that lofty prow. While Bonnie Good King Richard leads the great crusades on. We'll all have to slave away for that good for nothing, John. Incredible as he is inept. Whenever the history books are kept, they'll call him the phony king of England. Apart from the phony king of England. <laughs> Looking for something to fill that deep, horrible, dirty void inside? Then look no further than the podcast Under the Stairs. 
join your host Duncan McLeish and guests as they dissect horror films old and new. No film is too gory, no film is too scary, no film is too violent for the podcast Under the Stairs. The podcast Under the Stairs can be found at podcastunderthestairs.wordpress.com or on iTunes. The Podcast Under the Stairs is a proud member of the League of Extraordinary Podcasts. To avoid fainting, keep repeating to yourself, it's only a podcast. It's only a podcast. It's only a podcast. A time of war. Homecoming. A time of tyrants. A time when the only way to uphold justice was to break the law. the people the courage to fight. Prince of Thieves from 1991. Uh, Chibo plot synopsis is this when Robin and his Moorish companion come to England and the tyranny of the, sh- the Sheriff of Nottingham, he decides to fight back as an outlaw. Uh, this, of course, stars Kevin Costner as Robin, uh, Morgan Freeman as Azim, Mary Elizabeth uh, is it Masterson as, as Marion, Christian Slater as Will Scarlet, Alan the Great, late Alan Rickman as the Sheriff of Nottingham. Michael McShane, that's an actor I love, it's Friar Tuck. Uh, Michael Wincott, <laughs> all that forehead of Michael Wincott uh, as Guy of Gisborne. Nick Brimble as Little John. And of course, uh, Brian Blessed. I'm going to get into that uh, when I do my schmiel on this movie about one of the cardinal sins they broke in this movie. And that's Mary Elizabeth Master Antonio. I'm thinking of another uh, Mary Stuart Masterson, that's who I'm thinking of. So sorry. But, uh,. I'm going to go to uh, Iris first and ask her what she thought about it. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I did a Jamie, damn it. <laughs> okay. My opinion is going to be unpopular because I don't like this movie. Fair enough. <laughs> um, uh, first of all, I think just the 
Kevin Costner character. I don't know what it is about this man. I do not like his movies. I, I don't like him as an actor, let's say. The movies that he's in most of the time are good, but it just turns me off to see him. I don't know why. Everybody else was uh, pretty good. It was kind of cute to see Christian Slater in it, but you know, at the time he was popping up in all kinds of movies. Um, the story itself is good. Uh, you get a little bit more backstory on, you know, Robin of Loxley, uh, who he was, and at the time since the Crusades were happening, um, he more than likely would have been there because he was the eldest son of a lord. Um, <clears throat> the whole Azim story with Morgan Freeman would have never happened, but it was it was quaint, and I kind of like that twist they had there too. I loved watching, you know, Alan Rickman and, you know, uh, uh, you know Brian Blessed in this, like real Englishmen playing Englishmen roles. Um, but besides that, I don't know. The movie just, I guess maybe it was more of a okay, seen it, but nothing impressed me. Um, and then the whole Brian Adams song that was tied to this that my god that video was played over and over and over uh, anytime I was watching video you know VH1 or MTV I, I would just switch it to BET and listen to some rap for a while because I'm just so tired of this song well what do you think played more this or my heart will go on by Celine Dion this I agree and more and it was on the radio constantly and stuff. So, uh, it, I don't know. Just not one of my favorite Robin Hood movies. Because to me, Robin Hood movies are more... Yes, they had a lot of adventure in this. And, of course, the the arrow shots going... That was cool. But I think that's about it for me. I I just don't enjoy this movie. And it's sad because it's, it's well made. It's got great... It has a good cast. But I... It just, I don't know, just didn't do it for me. And okay. I think sorry, Suzanne probably would say the same thing. <laughs> Suzanne probably. She was griping, man. I'm going to Jamie next and ask her what she thought about it. I love how if he knows that you have something you want to say, he makes you wait. You got to save it for, you got to let, let it simmer for a while. Let's save it for yeah. last, you know. <laughs> well, like, this a fine, one, like a fine stew, you know. <laughs> this one... It's weird. I liked it when I was 16, 17. However old I was when it came out, 17, I think. I loved the song. I've always loved Brian Adams. Like, this one. <laughs> I was, like, right there. I have not seen it since. And this time, I just was like, wow. One, this is really fucking long. Two, <laughs> writing is not very good. Like, I just, I wasn't crazy about the dialogue. A lot of the characters were annoying to me. Like, I noticed that at the time it didn't bother me that Christian Slater played the same character in every movie, but for some reason, this time I'm like, God damn, that's the same character he plays in every movie. The one thing I, I mean, they did have some fun things. Like, I love the whole point me in the, point me in the, and what is it? Point me in the direction of danger, Azim. I'm ready. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I love shit like that because that little old dude, he was, he was cute. Um, I just, I don't know. There were, there were also things there. I've always had issue with the Robin Hood story on the whole to a degree when it comes to like the sheriff 
I'm like, yeah, go after him. Yeah, he's in, he's in, he's a bastard. Do your thing, you know. And I loved Alan Rickman in this, by the way. He was he's fantastic. And his scenes with the witch, they were they were great. And his whole, you know, I'm gonna I'll carve your heart out with a spoon, you know. I love it. But um, there were some. There are just some. Okay, like we saw a couple of random scenes where they would rob rich people on the street. We don't know anything about those people. We don't know that they did anything wrong. And that bothers me because I'm not. I, I think that a wholesale, just because people have money, you have the right to take it from them. I, I just I can't get on board with that, and that's probably too serious for a, a comic no, for you, this you're, movie. You're not wrong because you know in, in the, the Disney one they they showed it pretty good that they were just stealing from the overtaxed sheriff, and you know that that was right. it. And I think I think it's important that. For a story like this to work for me, it has to be like that the people are doing something to deserve it. And sometimes people get a lot of money because they actually work hard. You know, it it does happen, you know, and it doesn't make them bad people. There are a lot of people with a lot of money who do really good things. So I, I don't think that it's just that the whole notion that just because people have money, you have the right to take it from them with, you know, just stop them on the street and rob them. I don't think that's a very good message. So I'm not, I'm a little unhappy with that, but you know, for the sake of the story and all that and overall, you know, whatever, I just, I just didn't see the magic here that I saw when I was a teenager. And part of that is probably because this, the song will now always remind me of this one date that I had where the guy had this song and he kept playing it over and over and over in the car. And it was a horrible date. And I'm thinking, dude, I'm Brian Adams is not going to help you now. Sounds like a real, sounds like a real Jeremy Sisto and Clueless scene where he's trying to sing to her in the car, you know. It was just, it was really bad. The whole date was really bad. And for some reason, he felt like this song was going to save him. And it just, it, it, it's not. It didn't. Yikes. But, um... Yeah, this is the same guy, incidentally, that I went to prom with, and I think I told this story before, where he, we got accosted by a homeless man on the streets on the streets of Atlanta, and walking to the car, and he took off running and left me. Thank <laughs> <laughs> God. Where is he? I'm going to go kill him now. I don't know. <laughs> See, now if you were to gave if you were to gave your winger, you know, heaven, you know, I think that would have done you a lot better. I think. I would have done that. (laughs) I know. That was really, I just was kind of standing there with my mouth hanging open like, what the fuck happened? (laughs) So like, I'm trying to run after him. I'm wearing heels. It's prom night. I'm wearing heels. I'm running down the streets of Atlanta trying to catch up to him. And I get to the car and he's standing there with the door open. Like holding oh. the door for me, I'm like, oh, oh, that's what you were doing. You were. <laughs> he was getting. He was getting the car like a proper gentleman. <laughs> so yeah. Um, so, so apparently, anyway. the so, apparently the song lied then, because you know prom night everything is all right. Apparently everything wasn't all right because <laughs> you, you got accosted by a hobo and you not know. for him anyway. <laughs> yes. Well, apparently he wasn't going to die for you. <laughs> um. So. I can't decide whether I like this song more or the Don Juan DeMarco song. Oh. <laughs> but I love Brian Adams' movie songs. I'm he sorry. lives a woman. I can't, help, I can't help it. But 
overall, while I was watching this, I just kept thinking, man, I wish this was Men in Tights. <laughs> you know, unfortunately, yeah, the same reason why I can't watch Boys in the Hood with a straight face is the same reason why I can't watch this with a straight face is because Men and Tice just sticks out so much, you know. <laughs> as, I, as we're talking right now, I have a signed uh, Men and Tice poster by Carrie Elwes up on my wall. It, it could have been anything else, that. you know, but uh, that, that's, that's up there, you know. <laughs> oh, man. Well... <laughs> Suzanne, I, I, I hate to ask this, but I would love to ask this too. Uh, tell us how much you loved Robin Hood Van Dykes. Okay, I mean, uh, Robin Gary, Hood, Prince, the, Prince of Thieves. I mean, I'm sorry, not Van Dykes. The, the the director's cut. Seriously, are you trying to kill me? That was the version. That I, I just had. want to know. That was the version that I had available. Okay. And yeah, trust me. When I went to look for it, I was I, I found the regular one, and I was like, oh, okay. And then I clicked, and I was like, no. What do you mean? Yeah. No, no. <laughs> and then I went down to the director's cut. I'm like, you son of a bitch! <laughs> I, I, I was pretty much in the same boat. Let me tell you the things that I liked about this movie. I thought it was a really pretty movie. The scenery was absolutely wonderful. Ellen Rickman was just tore up scenery. He was so good. And I I like the guy who played Little John. I enjoyed everything he did in that movie. Let's move on to the stuff that I don't like. I don't like Kevin Costner. I yeah, don't... Okay. I just don't like him. I only like him in one type of movie. The only movies I like with him, and one of the, the exception is Tin Cup, he does great sports movies. Yes. I love... I love Bull Durham, and I love For Love of the Game. I would love to do the whole Ron Shelton uh, directorial, you know, collective one day just to do it all because I love I love everything the guy does. But this movie is bloated. There is so much unnecessary stuff, and I. What was up with the extra, the director's cut? Why? I don't understand why it was so goddamn long. It's like it never ended. I kept, I was like staring at my watch the whole damn time going, how much longer? And then my husband tries to play that, ooh, put your phone down or I'm going to pause it. <laughs> ooh. He's going to the mean. kitchen. Let me pause that for you. <laughs> Next time we do this, I'm taking the goddamn remote with me. No more <laughs> of this pause shit. And let me tell you my Brian Adams song story. I was out on a date. We went to, it was like right before Robin Hood came out. So, you know, that goddamn song was on everything. I'm pretty sure the the single came out before the movie came out. If I remember correctly. Oh, yes, it did. And they played the fucking shit out of it. I mean, I don't think that 10 minutes passed where somewhere, somebody felt the need to play that goddamn song over and over but anyway we're not at the theater to see robin hood and you know we back in the day you got there a little early actually got there a lot early scope out your seats get something to drink kick back relax all of a sudden i hear the goddamn song playing it's like oh god it's almost toward the end cool you know maybe he'll play something that doesn't suck buck chris started playing the song again like okay maybe it's just stuck by the fourth time I hear that the song is just playing in a loop, I stand up, I look up, I can see the guy up there, and I'm like, if you don't turn that goddamn song up, I'm going to come up there, I'm going to cut your hands off. So we played it again, and again. 
I, I am sitting in my seat and I am just furious. So whatever enjoyment I'm, I was going to have watching this, the, whatever movie, I think it was like Bill and Ted or Bill and Ted's, whatever the second one was. But Boom it just ripped the joy out of my soul. <laughs> Listening to that goddamn song like eight fucking times. I hate that song. Every time I hear it, it is like nails on a chalkboard. I want it just I cringe. It, it just it, it's that everybody has that one song that they hate so very, very much. It's it. Shut up, Pat. <laughs> and it, it's I think this actually probably took away from how I felt the first time I saw the movie, because the first time I watched it, I hated the movie. I still don't like the movie, but I can at least see a few redeeming qualities. I just, I don't like this movie. I don't care. I hate it. And I can't stand Kevin Costner. Done. <laughs> oh, oh me. It's, it's my turn now. <laughs> I saw when I was 10 years old. And you know, this is a time where we're... You know, they, they did make that video first, and it sold the movie, and it sold me on this movie, because they would intercut the scenes in there to make you want to kind of see it even more, and, uh, like, like you, like you guys were saying, Christian Slater was, uh, was hot at the time, so I was, I was gobbling up everything I could see, Christian Slater in it, and, and he was the proof why the, the, the white Anglo boys should not do the English accents, because... There was a, a point in there where oh I forget oh I remember now right before he's gonna go fight little John with with the with the with the bow staffs and he trips him with the rope and he does that sing songy thing in the partial English accent and that that just proves why they should try English accents because he sounded so terrible by mixing that attempted English accent with that Jack Nicholson thing he did back in those days that it was just oh don't don't do that but um. I think the film's set up just fine. I, I love I love the battle scenes in the film. Those those hold up pretty well, but some of the stuff to get you those battle scenes are, are not very good. I mean, most most of the stuff, with the exception of the end of the movie, to where he's got to go, of course, rescue Maid Marian, and I could do I could do a lot without her because she's kind of a worthless character. She's just kind of there to 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 fuck with him and you know throw off his aim or whatnot and but uh the secondary character is I think are really really hold this movie together. Uh not secondary but like the other characters. Alan Rickman is uh wonderful as the sheriff because he's just so buffoonish and, and super aggressive and uh cancel Christmas or whatever the line is. I love that line, you know, because it's amazing. <laughs> you know he's just so mean and, and lovely and the, the 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 witch character who's of, of course, you know, somebody read Macbeth and made that character in these stories, and I'm sure in this movie, even more crazy. And you have side plots that you can give a shit about, about her being the sheriff's mother, and of course, the throwaway thing about Will Scarlet being Robin's brother. You know, oh, you know, I hate you because he always liked you better, or whatever the fuck it was, because it was, it was kind of pointless. But I love, I love Little John. I love Little John's wife even more, I think, because I thought she was... This, you don't get many strong female characters in movies of this time, but I, I, I think we, we talked about Linda Hamilton in Terminator 2. I thought Little John's wife, who had the seven kids, 
and was was this tough broad who wanted to fight with the men had more female staying power than Linda Hamilton ever had in that Terminator 2 movie. <laughs> um, uh, I mentioned Maid Marian, she's pretty useless. Uh, Azim, <laughs> son of a chew, I can't help these things, Robin Hood Men in Tights. But uh, Morgan Freeman was a lot of fun. I love his interactions between him and uh, Friar Tuck Michael McShane, McShane because <laughs> Friar Tuck of course thought that since he, he, he believed in some other religion that he was like this this devil and the children shouldn't talk to him because he might fill their minds with un, un, with sinful thoughts about other things and and of course they, they came together when uh, Azim saved uh, saved little John's lady's baby, you know, from, from dying and her dying. That was a uh, yeah, he, he of course he knew how to take care of those things, much like most black protagonists in these films. Talking to you Ken Furry, he knew how to take care of those things. But uh, I think that, that Ken Free abortion uh, reference in Dawn of the Dead is just going to be a, a thing on this show. Just me, me talking about it all the time. But uh, so random. But um, the Brian Adams stuff, it's, it's even in the score. So if you really hate that song, they use it a lot in the score in this movie, too. So that could be grating on your mind. But at the same time, I, I ran out and bought that breaking... Um, Waking Up the Neighbors album that this song was on, along with some other songs that were singles off of that record. And, um, yeah, again, the, the video sold the movie to, to a lot of people, and I was one of those people that fell hook, line, and sinker to it. Um, Costner's, Costner's okay, you know, not not with the dialogue, but when the action happens, I think he does real fine. So, that that's, that's a thing, and, uh, yeah, I, I I I enjoyed it good enough. It's not it's not great. It's if it's not terrible to me, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it at that though. But um, yeah, go give it a watch again, and maybe you watch the director's cut and make everybody hate me. But uh, <laughs> Iris, anything else you want to say about it? And what do you give it one to ten? Ugh, no two. No damn two. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. It's all right, Suzanne. Well, I got caught up so much in my hatred of the Brian Adams song that I forgot. At this point, I was also over the whole Christian Slater thing. He was in everything. He was always the same thing. There was nothing new. So that also detracted me from it. And the one thing that I may actually give it a point for is like going back and seeing Morgan Freeman young is very surreal and strange for me because he just, it, it, I swear, he came out of the box at 60. But seeing him in a younger role is just kind of a, a little bit amazing. I forgot to mention that about Peter Falk and, and that Robin Hood, Robin Hood Seven Hoods movie. I never actually seen him young in anything until then. You know? Oh yeah. So honestly, the movie's a two. I don't like it. I like there's a few elements. I think it's a pretty movie. Give me back my beer. <laughs> Eat <laughs> a dick, Pat. Give me my damn beer. <sighs> she can't help it. <laughs> it's not worth. It's not worth dying for. Okay, like the lyrics say. <laughs> Jamie, what what do you? What's your final thoughts? And what is your rating? One to ten. I thought you guys were laughing at what I said. No. <laughs> no. Oh. Um. That was weird because your laughter came... That was bizarre. Anyway, no, I was not on mute. I don't know what was happening. Um, The... uh, Oh, my question was, 
some of those dots on Morgan Freeman's face, they were tattoos, right? Or <laughs> were those all Nor- Morgan Freeman dots? Because <laughs> whenever we'd get a close up, I was like, oh, this was pre dot Morgan Freeman. <laughs> <laughs> And then I was like, oh, wait, maybe some of those are real. <laughs> it's very difficult. That reminds me, we just watched the Dave Chappelle special where he referred to himself as a, what is it, a younger, a young Morgan Freeman without the dots. That was. <laughs> <laughs> Which also ties into Men in Tights. That is hilarious. So, yeah, I didn't hate this movie as much as you guys did. Like, I just didn't, I didn't think it contained the magic that I thought it did at one point. But I didn't think it was all that bad. I was going to give it a seven. <laughs> so, like, I thought it was, I mean, it was still the action sequences were good. I, I, I wasn't crazy about the dialogue unless it was Alan Rickman. I thought his dialogue was fantastic. But that was probably mostly his his delivery because, holy shit. Um... If I could just watch his character the entire time, I think it would have been a perfect film. I just don't think he can do anything wrong. But, um, yeah, I don't think it's that bad. I just don't think it was as good as I thought it was when I was younger. So I, I, I'm going to give it a seven. I didn't hate my time with it. Fair enough. Oh, one thing I forgot to ask, you know, if you guys are familiar with uh, that, that Disney's Three Musketeers movie, they, Brian Adams has evolved another song <laughs> for that movie. That All for Love song. Which oh, I, that's right. Was he um, in like a contest with Phil Collins or something? I don't know. It was, <laughs> it was Sting, Rod Stewart, Brian Adams, and one more guy. One of those other big voices. But what do you think is worse? This song and this movie or that song? Uh, I'll start with Suzanne. No, the Brian Adams song. This this movie, the song for this movie, like I said, this is like nails on a chalkboard, ice picks in my ears, make my eyes water. <laughs> uh, Iris, uh, what, what's your distinction? If you heard both, Brian Adams did this one. This one. <laughs> oh God, you guys are so off, Jamie. <laughs> what was it? What's the Three Musketeers song? How does this, it go? This is, I, uh, oh. It's really fucking cheesy. I forget how it goes all the way, but the, the the hook is you know we'll do it all for one and all for love, which I didn't oh, see a lot. Of, right. I, I didn't yeah, see yeah. a lot of love in that movie besides the fact that Keeper suddenly want to bang Rebecca De Mornay, but they you know betrayal or whatnot, you know. But uh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, Keeper Sutherland. Mm. <laughs> we'll do the we'll do the cowboy way one day. I still so think worry, I would. Okay? I still think I would take the Robin Hood song over that one, though. Okay. Fair um. Oh, I, I forgot to mention Michael Wincott's performance in this film is very short-lived, and that makes me sad because he gives great forehead in this movie. <laughs> there's a scene. There's a scene where you got the camera real close to his face, and all you see is Michael Wincott's forehead. If you guys don't know who that is, he acted in a lot of 90s movies, including he was uh, the bad guy in The Crow, the very first, well, the only, I hate to say the only Crow film that matters, because I really got a lot of love for City of Angels, but um, the, the one that everybody loves, that that first Crow film, he was the bad guy in that movie, and um, yeah, he gives he gives a great performance in this film, but he's, he's killed off quite early, and that makes me kind of sad, because I always love those second-in-command guys. Or, or, you know, stuff like that. I, like Willow, you had, um, oh, what was the guy's name? 
I, the guy with the skull mask, I forget his name, but then you had Sorsha, who was Queen Bev Morda's daughter, and she was like the second in command. She was kind of a badass character, too. But I always loved those secondary, like, lieutenant characters, and he got killed off way too early. Uh, you, wanted, you wanted one of the good guys to kill him, but it well, was... Sam. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I still have a lot of fun with it. It's, 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 it's a good 7 out of 10, but like Jamie said, I don't find it boring in most parts. I mean, the action scenes keep you in it. But it, like you guys mentioned, the Brian Adams song is... is Pigeon is, is, is screw-holed throughout this entire film, so if you don't like that song, you'll have a real, to- real hard time sitting through it, because uh, that's that's a lot of the score. It's like it's like when Linkin Park scored those Transformers films. It's just Linkin Parked up all the way through, and if you don't like Linkin Park, you might not like the score of those movies. And, uh, but yeah, it's fine. It's, 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 it's still fun to me. 7 out of 10. But, uh... That's about it for this one, and uh, we'll uh, we'll come back. We'll come close out the show. Hey, feeling down? Feeling low? Not enough podcasts about movies in your life? Why not try? They must be destroyed on sight. The new podcast cure all, sure to get you right with the world and on a path to better living. We have exploitation, we have Italian horror, we have zombies, we have slashers, we have crime films, we have spaghetti westerns, we even have sci-fi and sex comedies. So take a dose of... They must be destroyed on sight! As needed, and let the hosts, Lee Russell, Daniel Harper, Paul Romali, and the odd guest host, Cure What Ails Ya. Warning, may cause atrophy, African consumption, black fever, bone shave, chin puff, colic, cramp colic, Dropsy of the brain, elephantitis, grocer's itch, jaundice, mania, miasma, mortification, palsy, pox disease, rheumatism, scurvy, St. Anthony's fire, summer complaint, and worm fit in some people. Consult a physician before listening. Clytus, I'm bored. What plaything can you offer me today? An obscure body in the SK system, Your Majesty. The inhabitants refer to it as the planet Earth. How peaceful it looks. Most effective, Your Majesty. Will you destroy this Earth? Destroy it utterly. Send Rick and Danny in wool rocket Ajax. So, just destroy it? That's what Ming said. Don't you ever listen? Well, there's no arguing with Ming. Hail, Hail Ming. Ming. Wait! You see those transmissions on the Visua screen? Crow? Nightmare on Elm Street? Chud too? Black Belt Jones? Nightbreed? What's a critter? Oh, I've seen those things. Flash? I guess we could wait a while before the destruction. Yeah, and watch the movies. And talk about them. The Helming Power Hour. Disobedience to Ming. For now. You can find us at Legion Podcast. You can find us on Facebook. iTunes. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. At www. You know what? Just Google it for yourself. Just Google it, you bastages. Helming. Breaking two? Electric Boogaloo? Samurai Cop? Army of 
darkness? Flash dance? <laughs> we might destroy the planet if it's flash dance. Um, I don't know. We won't do a death segment this time, Ron, because I can't really recall anybody that uh, really, really kicked the bucket of note. But I, I may change the... This is my, 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 I still don't like Stan Lee, but if you guys have read the news in the past few weeks, some pretty shady stuff has happened to him, you know, amongst amongst his pneumonia. So I can't, I can't rightfully wish death literally on Stan Lee because he's not doing well with the pneumonia, and people just stealing all of his fucking money, and that's that's a, uh, that's not good for anybody to have to do when you're 95 years old. So. I may I may change playfully if he gets well again playfully still hold the why not Stan Lee segment but right now since he's dying or near death with the pneumonia I think I'm gonna I'm gonna leave old Stan alone for 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 that for that reason and uh I I hope things get better for him because I I don't hate I don't hate him it's just you know I dislike him <laughs> you know but um ah it's great to have you. Uh, with us, Iris, and hope we can do many, many more shows together. I, I, I told the folks we're we're gonna go weekly, but that doesn't require you guys all to be here. If you guys cannot be here, I would not, never put that on you guys to, to to go weekly. If you guys did not want to, but um, yeah, lo- love to have you here, Iris, for sure. Oh well, it's it's fun. I love recording with you and Jamie and Suzanne. Um, it's kind of nice to have somebody else who hates Kevin Costner as much as I do. <laughs> oh, boy. I, I agree 100%. <laughs> but, um, you guys just did a piece of shit that I love so much on, on your other show, Iris. Uh, t- tell us all about, yeah, do your plugs now, okay? Ah, my plugs. Well, right now I am part of... Uh, Badasses, Boobs, and Body Counts, BBNBC, and you can find us on BBNBCpodcast.com. Basically, what we do is just grindhouse uh, cult cinema type of things. We just finished with Death Spa, which I found extremely entertaining. Goddamn yes. (laughs) I concur. Next. (laughs) That was my Mike Merriman impression. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. And uh, the week after that will be the Boston Strangler. And Mike and I just dig into that 1968 movie with Tony Curtis. Uh, so, and um, there's all kinds of stuff. I mean, we've done Dolomite. We've done, we did The Room. Uh, we went ahead and did that one also. So just go to our website, check us out. We're also on Facebook. You can find us at, you know, just search for BBMBC. And there you will find us and join our face group. We have lots of fun. We give each other shit and, you know, it's just how it is. Fair enough. Uh, Jamie, what you got coming up, girl? Well, man, there's something kind of exciting happening. I, ugh, I have to vague book about it right now because it won't happen until this week and I'm not allowed to talk about it until it actually happens. So... It is podcast related, I'll tell you that. And okay. it's something different, I'll tell you that. Um, it already exists, but now I'm becoming a part of it. Uh, so you'll just have to wonder what the hell that is until you, <laughs> you'll, find out, you'll, you'll find out this week. 
Um, also, we have been continuing Attack of the Colossal Collection on the ABCs of Hidden Horror. Um, for anyone out there who's wondering whether or not regular ABCs will ever come back, it will. Right now, we're just having difficulty scheduling recording time with Dave, so it's been easier for Brian and me to hop on and do our little spinoff show. And those are only about an hour an episode, so... Um, if you're following along with us, really, that's great. We're excited. Let us know what you think of, uh, have you seen these movies? You know, do you own these movies? Whatever. And if you're not following along with us, um, do that. Uh, <laughs> um, hmm. I don't think if there was anything else that I've done. I think we're going to be recording an evil episodes coming up. So there should be a new one of those coming out soon. And hopefully there's a devourer around the corner. So, Woo-hoo. and, uh, of course, uh, if you haven't heard, David has left Devour, so it's Bo and me and Vanessa McHenry. Nice. So, yeah, I guess that's about it on the podcast front. Fair enough. Um, Suzanne? Uh, well, we should have an episode coming out of the NFW of Funeral Helm. Oh, was, terrible. Uh, <laughs> I, was, I really like the director. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> I do, and let's just leave it at that. So that should be coming out hopefully next week, unless something horrific happens. And like I said, you can just find me on Twitter and the Book of Face, and that's pretty much all. Cool. Uh, Me, myself, the show you're listening to right now, and uh, I'm putting on a two-drink in like a week because I've been busy with other stuff, but I'm going to get those together. We have a few recorded already, including Robo Vampire and Laser Blast and uh, and She. If you're looking forward to those those coming up, but uh, <laughs> good news, Suzanne. Uh, the copy I have of I Bought a Vampire Motorcycle is the complete version of the movie. So we're gonna be doing that real soon too. And I'm I'm, I'm excited because it just looks wacky as shit. And, uh, wow. Yes. Also, aren't we supposed to be doing Dances with Wolves and the Postman coming up? Oh, for Wait, sure. what? <laughs> no. Um, I whenever that's coming up, I have plans. See, the, 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 postman, the postman is I'm definitely be out of the country. The postman is definitely a dude movie. I would never push that on you. That'd be a show that me and me. I no. I'm kidding. Please, I, I'm seriously, I'm begging you, please. He never don't said ever. that. He never said that. I was. That'll be a show um, I would choose uh, Brian and, and Pat to employ and say, "Hey, let's let three dudes talk about the Postman." Because I'm very aware that the Postman is. A yeah, I'm, movie, I'm you know? down with that. You guys, you, you should do that. Keep me out of it. I just totally pictured Mark Wahlberg. The what? No. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But there's uh there's great stuff coming up with that. But for recording, I got I got Shakwa in the pike that's coming. And uh, uh, so if any of you guys want to come on that show, we usually record when when we get back to our regular recording schedule on Thursday nights. But uh, this show we've uh, pushed the recording to to Sundays, which is uh, I, I think that if it works out and we have to reschedule sometimes, I think that I'll, we'll get that weekly content out to you guys, and I'll be really happy with that to be give myself and a sense of stability. I mean, it matters to my co-host too, but, uh, if I don't do something, I'm, I'm like a fucking child. And I go crazy. And, uh, the ADD kicks in, but, uh, <laughs> next up, uh, we, we are going to be joined 
by Darren Wilson to do two picks that Suzanne had picked, which I I, I don't it doesn't have a title yet, so I'll, I'll send the as soon as Suzanne comes up with a title because she wanted to title this one. We're gonna do Border Radio and Smithereens, two very punk centric uh, <laughs> films that was chosen by Suzanne, of course, and uh, gonna be joined by Darren Wilson of the BD Clinic and the Psycho Semantic Cast or the Psycho Semantic Podcast, well, whatever he cho- he has two names. Whatever he chooses to call it. But I've also put the call out to, uh, I mentioned Andrew Huff and and, uh, and Matt from, from the Friday the 13th podcast. I've uh, put screws to those guys to, to pick a show to come on. I put the schedule up and Paul Stevenson from the Who Will Survive podcast. And I think Brad and Jeremy from the Deuce podcast as well. I'm trying to get some, some people on these shows that haven't been on the show yet. And uh, hopefully that all, all pans out. But, uh... That's about it for this one. Uh, this has been Yorison Beef Podcast, where if you've got beef, we've got the grinder. See you guys next time. Throughout history, there have been many songs written about the eternal triangle. This next one tells the story of a Mr. Grayson, a beautiful woman, and a condemned man named Tom Dooley. Sun rises tomorrow, Tom Dooley must hang. Hang down your head, Tom Dooley, hang down your head and cry. Hang down your head, Tom Dooley, poor boy, you're bound to die. I met her on the mountain. There I took her life Met her on the mountain Stabbed her with my knife Hang down your head, Tom, Julie Hang down your head and cry Hang down your head, Tom, Julie Poor boy, you're bound to die This time tomorrow Reckon where I'll be Hadn't it been for Grayson I'd have been in Tennessee oh, Well now, boy Hang down your head, your head and cry Hang down your head and cry Hang down your head and cry Oh boy, you're bound to die oh, Well now, boy Tomorrow, reckon where I'll be Down in some lonesome valley Hanging from a white oak tree Hang down your head, Tom, to leave Hang down your head and cry Boy, you're bound to die. Poor boy, you're bound to die.
boy, you're bound to die. Poor boy, you're bound to die.